We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Welcome back to another episode of Best Hour of Their Day. We are your hosts, your cruise directors, your chaperones on this journey. Jason Ackerman, Fern. Thank you. I almost forgot. This is what we like to call implementing feedback. That's good, right? You gave me feedback. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I did it anyway. That's right, because it's better. It's accurate and good feedback. That's like that's how the Fern family runs too. Like, hey, because Daddy said so. Is that it? Uh, no, clearly you've never met my wife. <laughs> Have you said that to your children yet? Um, no, I try not to do that. Uh, I try to. I actually try to communicate like some lies in there. Like, I'm, I'm. I'm probably down the middle, right? Sometimes it's like, don't, don't stick that knife in the socket because I said so, but also you could die. Right. And that's where, so they're like, when it's like, there are times when it's like, it's just like, I'm tired. I don't want to deal with this. So. Well, I think from a, from a parent, I mean, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to probably offend a ton of people here with my parenting advice, but um, I don't, I think, with regard to parenting, A, I don't think you should negotiate with your children ever. You're the adult. Be the adult. B, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't explain to them why you did things. However, in the moment, you should do what you're told. Right. As long as I can circle back on it and just be like, listen, the reason we did... Because what I don't want is I don't want hesitation in a time where hesitation could be very problematic. Right. Did you do you find that happens often? What? That hesitation is like. Do you have a lot of scenarios where Logan or Chappie are doing something where hesitation is a problem? Like, wow, you may fall off this cliff if you don't turn around. Uh, with Chappie, because the, he's almost he's not two yet, so he's just doesn't want to listen. With Logan, no. Like she understands that when we say something to do that, but at the same time, like you still have to communicate with your kids, but I'm not but, negotiating with them. I'm not but like, oh, too well. like, you're not even telling you're like either grabbing them or not. Right. Well, no, there's some things like we, we have some battles. Like he'll, like if you, if I tell him this, if we tell him to stop doing something and he's like, you know, having a little bit of a temper tantrum, he like, if like, for instance, like if he, I told you the knife story, right? Oh, I don't think so. I was sitting out on the porch one day and he walks out of the, the door. I was parenting by myself that day or what, like, what I like to call babysitting. The, um, he walks out and, he's, and he has a nine-inch knife, kitchen knife, like a very nice high-end lop your full arm off knife. Like a ginzo knife. Just, yeah, and he's waving it around. So I like casually get up showing no, you know, uh, freak out whatsoever. And I just walk over and I'm just casually ask him if I can have the knife. Cause had I been like, what are you doing? He was standing on like a little lip where he could have tripped, fallen on the knife and killed himself. 
um, or he might have thrown it, creating a, a bigger problem, right? So he'll <laughs> so use. right, yeah. So he so I just walked over and I said, "Hey, can I have that?" And he just handed it to me. And I'm like, "Cool." I'm like, "So then we had it." I'm like, "You can't have this." That's the end of that. I'm not going to have a discussion about it. No, but what I did do, the, so like he'll throw things. Like if he sees you're coming over to take something from him, he'll just throw it on the ground. So in those scenarios, we'll just have the battle and we'll have, and I'll win because I'm an adult, right? So we'll have, we'll have the fight about, hey, pick that up. And he won't want to pick it up. So we'll stay there until he picks it up. It could be 15 minutes. It could be half hour. So then I've changed it. I'll be like, hey, pick it up and give it to me. So then he'll pick it up and he'll give it to me. And I don't care how much he cries. The point is you can't do that. I'm going to have, I'm going to need some advice in a couple months. You, you, why wait? You need advice now. Just like right now I need advice. Not even me. on parenting. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. for you as an adult. But in the future, I'm going to need it on parenting. Yeah. Well, perfect segue because today we're talking about how coaches need coaches and I'm a coach and I'm going to need some coaching. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no, I don't think there's any point, And I wish I had known that. And you asked this the other day in the podcast, had, you know, if I, if with regard to affiliate, you had, would I, would I do it 11 years ago? And I was pretty candid about my answer. No. Um, but that wasn't because I didn't need a coach. I needed it way more then than I do now, but now I have a coach. I have somebody, I have, I have multiple mentors that I reach out to who walk me through a lot of that stuff. Everybody needs a coach. Yeah, and I think back then it was more you don't know what you don't know. And also not being aware that there are coaches for this, which right. at the time there might not have been. So what do you think is the biggest hesitation and or reason coaches or just anyone? I think anyone on this planet needs a coach for different aspects of their life. Why do you think they don't do that? I think the number one reason is people don't understand the ROI. Makes sense. Re return on investment. They're like, if I'm going to spend whatever, $20,000 on this thing, I don't know, understand what I'm going to get back from it. You know, because it, it may seemingly be because we're sh everything now is short term, right? She's like, I need immediate return on this thing. Well, I, well, that's, if that's what somebody's selling you, then my immediate advice May, me mentoring you, if you're listening to this, is do not buy that thing because it's probably a quick fix that isn't a quick fix that is somebody who's just trying to make a buck. Where if somebody sits down, it's just like, hey, in order to fix the problem that you currently have and get the outcome that you want in 15 years, here's what you need to do now. I'm far more likely to take that advice because it's not a quick fix. It probably involves a lot of work and changing some things that I do that have gotten me to where I'm currently at today. Yeah, I mean, no different. You know, I think a great analogy would be a pair of lifters. Hey, you could throw those lifters on and improve your squat. You're not really improving your squat. Your squat position will be better, but your squat will not have improved. Yeah, and I think, you know, there, there's two types. Of, there's many more, but the two main types of coaches in, in our world would be, okay, there's someone who's improving your, on a personal individual basis, you know, helping you achieve your goals and, and wants out of life, which can also be a business coach, but oftentimes they're separate. And I mm -hmm. think, I think most people need both. It could be the same person, but ideally you have two different there. And I think 
from a business coaching perspective, if you own a business and you don't have a coach, just shut your business down. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but your business <laughs> might be your your business might be doing fine. But the I think the point is like it's just all like if you if you're truly into growth, meaning like improving what it is that you do, whether it's improving your mindset or improving any of these other things. I don't know. I mean, yes, you can do a lot of these things on your own, but at some point you need somebody to come in and, and, and help you progress or, or level up to the next level and deal with all the things that, that come with moving to a next level, whatever that level is for you, uh, because they're different depending on what you're doing. Um, you know, cause as Joe Rogan says, there's levels to everything. And if, oh, and yeah. if you, yeah, if you think you're going to get to whatever you currently now believe is the top level absent of help, it's probably not going to happen. Or if you think you're at the top level and don't need a coach, you're probably wrong. So, yeah. And I, and I have, so I have actual mentors and then I have another cohort of people who are, many of them are actually clients who I, the, who are like substitute mentors. And these people are just experts in their field. Right, they're entrepreneurs as well, and they run really large companies, and they're people that I just lean on and learn things from about whatever, whether it's real estate or you know um, government contracting or some of these other things. The people that are already doing these things that that have gone through the process of building something and understand what all the pitfalls are. And they're like, Hey, here's the fast track and here's how to do that. Here's what you actually need to know. So I, I have both. I have people that are, that I work with currently, like just me as a person, right? Like, and, and how I run and, and my business and how I think about things. And then I have these other people who are more like my strategic partner slash friendships who were just batting ideas off of people off of each other and saying, Hey, what about this? Have you thought about this? I mean, the number of, the number of clients that I have that have recommended a business venture for me isn't just a couple. It's a lot. And they're not recommending like dumb stuff. They look at my business very similar to the way I look at my business. And they're like, hey, you should do this. Like this would be a great thing for you to kind of look into. And by the way, here's the resources for which you should do that. Yeah. And I mean, let's be clear for the listeners. You and I have a business coach. We do. You know, yeah. and, and, and not to mention that. Oftentimes we are the one that bounces ideas off each other just for this business. But more importantly, there's kind of another filter, which is like, okay, let's run it up to the top. And depending on what they say, we may or may not incorporate that. And it's a more often than not, especially in my experience with coaches, it's like, Hey, no, stop. Don't do that. That, that I think is the mark of a really good coach or mentor. Somebody who, like, just listen, just like parenting, sometimes you need a hard no. I often refer our clients from affiliate university or potential clients to you for that reason. So we have somebody that is somewhat of a friend of mine and we we're talking about expansion and he's interested in affiliate you. And I was like, you need to talk to Fern because I'm going to be more by my heart where Fern's going to be more of like, this is what you really need to know. And, you know, look at the numbers. And, and I think that's what works well for both of us, but you need that person. That's like, I get that you really want this, but here's exactly why you shouldn't do it. Yeah. And I do that because I have gone through the painful process of people letting me string myself along, thinking that they were mentoring me, not actually mentoring me. 
And then I get down this path and they're like, oh, well, you know, it didn't work. And I'm like, it could have, you could have just told me not to do that. And I could have learned later why that was a bad idea, having not gone through the process. So in a lot of those instances, that that is what I tell people. I'm like, here's, and vir- virtually never will I say, don't do that. I'll say, don't do that for these dozen reasons. Now, you if, know, you I, still, if you still want to do it past that, by all means, do it. That's on you. But I, what I don't want is I don't want you to be ignorant to the decision that you're making. Because, uh, listen, nobody knows better than me about look, Jess makes fun of me all the time. She's like, you never see the bad in anything. She's just like, everything's going to be fine. And I'm like, well, number one, that's why you married me. Number two, just a gloomy ass way to go through life thinking about all the negative shit. So, but I need somebody to come in and just say, like, listen, don't do that. So I'm trying to be that person for other people. Isn't it funny when your wife gives you feedback and it's like, that's what you liked about me five years ago? Yeah, but should, but then, but now our finances are not wrapped together, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what or they, you're, or they weren't, or they weren't then, and they are now. Yeah. What what you're reminding me of, you know, for those that listen, would be the idea of a cheerleader, not a coach. Right. And I think it's sometimes during your, during your uh, phases of life, sometimes you do need a cheerleader. Sometimes you just need somebody who comes by and just gives you a good game every once in a while. And then sometimes you need somebody to come in and be like, listen, you're doing well, but these things are broken. And you need to fix them if you want to continue to progress at the rate that you're progressing. Or somebody to come in and just shake you and say, I don't know what you think you're doing, but this ain't it. Or it's not working, or it's working right now, but in three years you're going to be bankrupt. You know, or to- or or just somebody to challenge your mindset, just to somebody to be like. Um, so, for instance, I'll I'll give you an example that, that we get very regular. We'll have a, a gym that will come talk to us, be like, and they'll say something along the lines of, and I'm I'm generalizing here. We've seen steady growth over five years, and we have a monthly revenue of about $5,000. And I'm, and I will just tell them, I'm like, I, that is not steady growth. Like it's not five years to get to $5,000. And again, this is not me bashing anybody who's making that amount of money. Like money is money, right? Depending on where your business is, you could be wildly profitable at $5,000. But the point is, if that is the progression that you think is good over five years, I'm going to challenge that thought because we need we have a we have a pretty low ceiling that we need to break through to get to for you to understand that like there's a long way to go here. You know, and I think one of the biggest mistakes box owners make is surrounding themselves with yes people. So that's easy to do when you're the boss. That's the problem. That's my point. You know, you need that that filter. You're like, oh let's let's put on a six o'clock class. Great. You know, your coaches want it because they're going to get paid or let's run this competition. Yeah, let's do it. You know, you're you're surrounded by people that are maybe not fearful, but you're responsible for their livelihood. You're you're paying their their checks. You know, you're covering their expenses by being coaches there. And I knew I know that's what I did, you know, and and, and to the point to make matters worse, when you touch that success, then when they do disagree with you, you get angry and think you know better. Right. I mean, when I stopped talking to my partner for almost five years and we now talk again, it was 
simply because he challenged me one too many times and I blew up. And the challenge was, hey, I want to stop people from rebounding on box jumps going forward. Turns out six, seven, eight years later, 100% I agree with that decision. And I say it almost all classes. I'm like, hey, if you want to box jump and rebound, I'm not going to completely tell you not to, but I'm going to tell you it's a bad idea. And I've seen quite a few people blow out their Achilles doing it. You, and, if if they, you, and if they don't believe you, just be like, listen, you can go look at Fern's really one single small calf that he has because he blew out his Achilles. <laughs> Did you do that on box jumps? 2012. That's why I didn't win the games that year. Oh, you were, you were at the games. You were competing at the games? No, I blew it out in the... Or was it 2000? No, I think it was 2013. Um, I, I did it in the Open. No, I know. I know you weren't at the games, Fern. I was waiting for but you. But I wasn't at the games because... <laughs> oh, you were? Yeah, you yeah. think you were going to make the, the regional? I was on year. track, dude. I was on track. It, I, was, I was in the midst of making a mid-Open season comeback. Yeah, I'm, I'm on track to win the games one box jump in any workout. It's what happens on box jumps two to 20 that usually cost me my placing. All I needed was coach to put me in the game. He just didn't. <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, another great reference, not quite as uh, memorable as yours would be Julie Fouché. Right. And she did it. At, I think that was at regional. She was at the well, actual event. So that, that I have a little bit of a different um, feeling about. Why? That, uh, because that's for all the marbles. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, I don't disagree that she had a reason to be doing it, but, but the point is you could see that even the best of the best, when they're rebound, rebounding, injure themselves. I'm not suggesting if you're at the games, don't rebound. I also would, I also would like to put some context on this conversation and we'll do a real quick sidebar and then come back. So with regard to box jumps, bounding box jumps is not going to tear, like make you tear your Achilles. The, when you do the numbers, it's like winning the lottery. Like when you take into account the number of people doing bounding box jumps and the number of bounding box jumps that they're doing, the odds are not great that you're going to tear your Achilles. The, there needs to be more things taken into account, which is what is the training age of this athlete? What is their background with regard to like sports? What is their previous sport? Um, like diet, inflammation, age is a big one. Sex is another big one. Something to else to be considered is how much time is said person spending in an elevated shoe, such as a high heel or a weightlifting shoe, and then doing something like rapid change of direction at full length of the Achilles tendon while spending most of the day in a shortened position. So uh, just a real quick, like, or like, what is their landing position? Like, is the, is their knee ankle hit in or off act in line or off axis? Like all these things matter, right? So, but when you take on that account, like most people shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. I mean, you just dropped some knowledge on box jumps for sure. <laughs> but the, the point, the bigger point was. Sorry, he, I just had to let that out. I was just like, I had to, I've had that bottled up in there for a while. You know, the bigger point was my partner, one of my coaches that I trusted was, you know, basically going against my, my judgment and he turned out to be right. And if you, you know, I think for a lot of box owners, they're, they're in this position of power. Maybe they've had some success. All of a sudden, they're no longer taking advice, which is when they need it the most. You when know? you need the most. Also, like in our scenario, uh, if you have a partner, I think it's more important to have a, a coach, a third party, which would, be the akin, uh, which would be akin to a marriage counselor. Yeah. I mean, 
I think, you know, no different than in the real world. I think most couples should speak to somebody, whether it's regularly or just every so often. It's, it's like anything. It's just, like I said earlier, a different filter, a different perspective, and potentially you'll bring up some stuff that you might not have felt comfortable bringing up if you were just living with someone or talking with someone. And, and it's just, it's, it's just good to get these things out. I mean, speaking, basically what I'm saying is you and I need a counselor. No, no, you need a counselor. It's not me. It's you. Exactly. That's, exactly. That's so, my, that's my marriage advice. Everybody. That's what you should tell your significant other is not me. It's you. You should go see a counselor. Yeah. Now <laughs> here's something I believe when you hire a coach, like you said, you shouldn't be doing it to make your money back tomorrow. But for most people, once they hire that coach, they have a fire lit under their ass. And I think that's why it's important to hire a coach that's not cheap, that motivates you. When I first hired my own personal coach, I immediately made that return of investment back because I was like, okay, now I have to hustle and I need to you know, do these things that they're telling me to do. And within a month or two, I covered like a year of coaching because it just pushed me to do things and, and things that I normally would not have. And, and at the same time, got me better at those things. If you're that type of person. So not everybody's like that. Not everybody is. Some people are just going to, it just makes them feel good, but they're not actually going to do anything. And a good coach will say, I'm not coaching you. You know, so I, with regard to everybody goes through these different phases where you either don't understand it or you're just not willing to make the commitment. And, and I get all of that. I've been all of those people. You know, I'm the, I'm the opposite now. I went from the person who was like, now nah, figure it out, whatever, to now just is like, what are you doing? And I'm just like, listen, it'll be fine. I'll, I'll figure it out, right? Just glass half full. Glass half full. <clears throat> but what I've learned over the years with all of that is you should ask hard questions. And just like anything else, like if somebody, if you're paying somebody, you should, you should keep them accountable with regard to service, just like the, your client's in the gym, in your box should keep you like, if you're not delivering on your service, somebody needs to tell you, you know, and I think you should be okay with asking hard questions. Like, Hey, what are you going to do for me? What, like, what is this going to look like? How are you going to help me? Well, and, and not just because you're probably going to spend an amount of money that makes you somewhat uncomfortable, but you're also about to embark on a pretty, intimate relationship with somebody else. I mean, if it's a good coach, yes. I mean, intimate in the sense that you're going to tell them things you may not be telling other people, right. uh, things you're scared of, you know, things, things that make you uncomfortable, but also spending quite some time with it for, for some, it might be the person you confide in the most and, and have the longest conversations with it in your life. And from the standpoint of doing that, I don't think anybody should invest in anything that they're not thoroughly convinced they're committed to doing, right? So I, you shouldn't do something just because everybody says, you, like, if you're listening to this podcast, you should not walk away from this and be like, I should get a coach. You may or may not need a coach. You should be open to it. Well, you may or may not be open to it is my point, which is like, that should be a conversation you should have with yourself is, am I ready to be coached? Because... I, they may ask me to do some things that are going to make me wildly uncomfortable, which is like revisit my own beliefs on certain things. And if I'm not prepared to do that, and this is where 
a, a real quick canvas of to figure out like whether you're kind of like a coachable athlete is like just canvas the people in your immediate circle and just ask them things like, do you think I'm open to feedback? Do you think I'm open to change? Would you qualify me as coachable? And you'll pretty quickly find out if you're that kind of person or not. Like, like some people are going to give you a weird look and they're going to be like, uh, are you joking right now? You're the most least coachable person I've ever met in my life. You know? Um, <clears throat> so if somebody says that to you, do you then take that as, okay, I'm not ready or wait, maybe I need to be more coachable. I think it's a combination of both. Right. So I think there's some things that need to happen first, which you need to unpack some of your own stuff and just go through the process of start seeking out information. on your, There's a lot of good free stuff out there. Like this podcast is one of them, right? Like in other podcasts, just, I typically what happens before, at least this was the, this was the, 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 uh, progression for me. I started seeking out information that was totally free. Right. And I had like virtual people that I didn't know that were kind of like my mentors that were like, so like slowly, subtly over time, like changing a little bit of my, my mindset. And then finally I was just like, I'm tapped out on this. I really need somebody to come in and help me move past this. So it doesn't always require an investment. Again, it's like everything else. Like I think you, sh everybody should learn to bootstrap everything. And then when you're ready, once you once you've gotten to the point where you're just like, I know how to take information and take action on it. You know, no different than the like one of the big things that we probably like the defining thing with regard to somebody interning for seminar staff, where which is where we started this podcast. Oddly enough, oddly enough implementation of feedback. Right. If you are not somebody that can take feedback and implement it very quickly, you shouldn't pay for anything because it's going to be a waste of your money. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I like the idea that you should bootstrap stuff and maybe that, you know, no different than you started CrossFit.com for free. And then you're like, okay, I need a coach if I want to get better at this. Right. And, and, you know, going back to what I said, I think for a lot of people, that investment, it's, it's, it's the same reason you know, Hey, there are people that deserve a discount at the box and people that, you know, get into tough times, but more often than not, the people you discount are the people that are not appreciative of what you're giving out because there's no investment. Right. And it's, I, I also, I think everybody should taper their expectations. And that sounds a little weird because as you start to do more of this, you like less and less will be new. And you're looking for very subtle, very specific things. Like, so I had a guy come out um, and he spent a couple of days with me for some different stuff. <clears throat> it was just totally separate than CrossFit. But he was, uh, um, he, you know, was like big into Tony Robbins stuff. And I know you've been to one, but like, mm -hmm. he, but his thing, he's like showed me this deal. And he's like, I carry this binder around with me everywhere. And it was just talking about like, how do you grow your business? You can grow one of three ways. You can grow it by increasing my client base. I can increase the price of my product or I can add a revenue stream, right? And he's like, and the question is, how do I look at, how do I create growth of 30%? Well, you could just do, you could do one of those things and try to push to 30%, which is really hard to do. Or you could do each one of those things and increase by 10%, now making an increase in your revenue by 30%. And I was like, huh, I'm an idiot. I've never thought of that. So I was like, how do you take your CrossFit business up to 30%? Some free advice, everybody. A, what would 10% increase in your overall membership look like? Okay. What's that number? B, what would 10% increase in my overall price look like per client? That's 20%. And then C, add a revenue source, a, a different offering, premium service, retail, something of that nature. 
30%. Now you have to execute on that, which is the hard part, but now we're past the whole, like, how do I get 30% increase? Cause you're, cause a, a, initially everybody's just like, well, I got to increase my client base by 30%. So I got to go from 150 people and add 50 people to the bottom line. I'm like, that's not sustainable. But if I go 10%, now that's 15 people way more doable this year. Well, yeah, that last phrase right there, it's way more doable. So it's a lot less stressful. I think so many people have paralysis by analysis, like, oh, I got to do this. And it's like such a crazy endeavor, like this big audacious goal that we've spoken about. It's like, it's so big and so scary that I never get started. It's like writing a book. Like I tell people all the time, write 200 words. That's it. And when you start to chunk it down, same thing here, you know, all of a sudden it's a lot less intimidating and the chances of you moving forward with it are substantially increased. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you may or may not need a coach, but the point is you should ask yourself like, where am I stuck? Do I need help getting past this? And if I do, then start seeking out resources in order to do that. But everybody needs one, whether you're a games athlete or a gym owner or just a regular athlete or somebody who's looking to lose weight. Like at some point you've, reached your own capacity with regard to knowledge on how to progress and you're going to need to seek out somebody else just where are you in that process is the question and good news for those of you that are listening here we do some coaching (laughs) right that's not why we were necessarily talking about this but hey if you're a box owner chances are you need a coach i do believe that if you're a business owner it's probably the first place you should look is i need some business coaching because you, you not only do you not know everything, but you know, you shouldn't know everything. There are things you just haven't come across yet. And there's no two people on this planet combined that have done more things wrong, made more mistakes and failed more times than Fern and myself when it comes to owning an affiliate. That's probably the only accurate statement you've made ever. <laughs> <laughs> ever, ever, ever. So if you're interested in learning more about Affiliate University, email us best hour of their day at gmail.com. And we'd love to chat with you. You can book a free 60 minute consultation. There's a link in our Instagram if you want to do that. But if you just want to learn a little bit more, hit us up best hour of their day at gmail.com. In the meantime, Fern, let's go see that therapist. Who's paying? <laughs> it's a business expense. It's a business expense for an, it's, uh, a, it's a it's a write off. It's a write off. I hate yeah. that term. That you know that might be the first thing we tell uh, business owners. Hey, yeah. stop saying that because it's stop saying that. You're still it's spending a, it's a, money. That's that's what the uh, from the scene out of Princess Bride. You keeps using this word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Classic. I we we asked that question at the box the other day. What's the best eighties movie? And I said, well, there's really only one answer. It's Princess. There's Bride. only one answer made in the eight or one movie made in the eighties. All right. Well, again, hit us up if you need it. Fern, great chat. Coaches need coaches. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at Best Hour of Their Day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.